Welcome to the Health Science Coach Podcast. My name is Drew Garner. I am a health science and physical education teacher here at Turner High School. My objective is to provide information to students about different healthcare careers and explain how these professionals got to where they are in their careers. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's dig in. Today we get the pleasure of meeting with Kristen Gonzalez. She is a registered nurse and currently working as a travel nurse. Uh, she is a critical care nurse currently, and we're going to talk a little bit about what she does on a daily basis. Kristen, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for coming on and coming to talk to our students about, you know, your your history of education and how you got into nursing and kind of what led you to, to want to be a nurse. Um, first question I have for you is, can you tell us what it means to be a critical care nurse? Sure. So um, to be a critical care nurse, um, I started out with a year of medical surgical nursing experience um, just to get a good foundation as a new nurse. And then um, my goal was to go into the ICU, but I really liked getting that foundation. And so um, I went on to do heart and neurovascular unit for a year to get telemetry and stroke experience and cardiac experience and then um, progressed on to critical care nursing. Um, so critical care nursing is um, when you hear about the ICU, it's the ICU. And there's a lot of different types of ICUs out there. Um, some bigger hospitals have specialized ICUs like cardiac ICUs, cardiovascular ICUs, neurosurgery ICUs, medical ICUs. So there's a lot of different types of critical care nursing out there. Um, I was lucky enough to work at a hospital where we were the only ICU for our hospital. So it's called a medical ICU. Um, we are the hospital that I got all of my experience at was not a trauma center. So really the only things that we didn't do were trauma, ECMO and transplants. Um, but everything else was pretty much fair game. Um, so any kind of surgeries, general surgeries, um, neurosurgery patients, stroke patients, um, open heart surgery patients, um, all of those things, I get the privilege of learning to care for. So um, I really like that I got to mix it up and not be so specialized. And so as a critical care nurse kind of branching out, um, I'm better, better able to adapt and float to those more specialized areas. Awesome. Um, so on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, I mean, especially being in a trauma center, not every day is the same. Uh, what does a typical week schedule look like for you? Um, so weekly schedule uh, is a critical care nurse. I work um, full-time hours and full-time is considered three 12 hour day shifts. Um, I'm days, there are nights. Um, and so your hours are typically about 6.45 in the morning until about 7.30 at night. Um, I always arrive early. So I usually arrive before 6.30. And oftentimes I don't plan on leaving the hospital before 8 p.m. If I get out of there before 8 p.m., I'm happy. Um, so just know that while it's 36 hours, it can be a little closer to 40 hours a week. Um, and when you think about um, your normal full-time job, it's usually like eight hour days, 40 hours a week. So we cram that all into three days. Yeah, awesome. Um, so when you first arrive, uh, what are some of the steps that you do to, to learn more about your patients? 
Um, so a typical day is a critical care nurse for me. Um, I usually wake up around 4.45 in the morning, um, and to work before, between 6 and 6.30 in the morning. Um, even though your shift starts at 6.45, we do a pre-huddle um, where you get, a, you get your assignment um, and then you go and you get report from the off-going nurse on your patient. Um, we always do a bedside safety check and that's kind of like your first assessment where you just physically lay eyes on your patient, kind of take a look at the room, take it in, take in all your monitors, your drips, kind of make sure that everything is good to go for your shift. Um, after getting your bedside safety check, that off-going nurse goes home. You're able to take a chance to sit down at the computer really quickly, look at your meds for the day, um, review your orders, and then you go and you do a full assessment of your patient, um, listening to them, their heart, their lungs, their stomach, um, checking their pulses, you're checking their pupils, doing your really good neuro checks. Um, you're also assessing what their baseline heart rate, blood pressure, um, all those things are. Um, looking at trends, are we um, staying the same? Are we getting better? Are we getting worse? Um, and then you get to take a moment to go through your medications, hold any medications that aren't safe to give your patient. Um, you're administering your meds. There's a lot of different ways that we administer medications. Um, a lot of people think about the pill form um, but when you're in the ICU, you actually get a lot of IV medications, continuous IV medications. Um, they have pretty much if they don't, if they don't have a hole somewhere, we'll make a hole in the ICU. Um, and so um, there are a lot of tubes. Um, so we give a lot of uh, medications through uh, tubes that go in through their mouth or their nose and down into their stomach. Um, assessing your intake and your output. So making sure that the amount of fluids that you're giving them in are also coming out, um, those kinds of things. Communicating nurses are like the notorious middleman for everything. Um, it is right. our job to know everything that is going on with our patient and to make sure that um, the other modalities that need to know those things know those things. And so um, just coordinating care with everyone and advocating for our patients, whether that's communicating the right thing to the heart surgeon or communicating the right thing to the intensivist um, or communicating the right thing to your social worker um, about family dynamics or issues, safety concerns, um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, we work with a lot of people, and so everything that's appropriate for that patient goes through the ICU nurse. Um, and so uh, we're really expected to know everything about the patient. Um, you're pretty much just either preventing fires or you're putting out fires. Um, in the ICU, we can be a little bit, um, if you like adrenaline, it happens in the ICU. And then there are those, um, we say the Q word, the quieter days um, that are few and far between, especially during the pandemic. Um, and so you're really just assessing, giving meds, reassessing, giving more meds, communicating, prioritizing care um, throughout your entire shift. Um, there really isn't downtime. It's definitely a team effort in the ICU. Um, so when one patient needs a lot of help, 
we're all in there helping and um, kind of just take turns. And then you um, give report to the oncoming shift and then you do your bedside safety check again and you go home. Yeah, uh, cram filled day. And I like how you said the Q word because the moment <laughs> you say that, it uh, erupts probably. That's right. Uh, we uh, definitely believe in full moons in healthcare. <laughs> yeah, just like schools. Um, speaking of schools, you are also a Turner graduate. And so when you were in, at Turner in high school, did you really know what you wanted to do as, as a career when you were graduating? I, so healthcare was not on that list, I'll be honest. Um, I, growing up, um, my mom had graduated high school and maybe taken a couple college courses, but never graduated college. And my dad actually did not graduate high school. Um, he thinks he might have um, made it maybe to his freshman or sophomore year. Um, and so he got his GED. So um, my sister did get an associate's degree in criminal justice, um, but she never really went on to use it. And so I'm actually the first in my family to graduate um, with my ADN or with an associate's degree and actually use that degree. Um, right. and I'll be the first in my family to have a bachelor's degree. Um, so when I was in high school, I graduated from Turner in 2007. Um, doing the dance team there, I was actually, uh, we attended the UDA camps, the Universal Dance Association, and um, I was invited to become a part of staff for UDA. And so I actually planned on traveling the world and dancing and getting to mentor young um, high school students like they did me in UDA. And I loved that. Um, prior to graduating high school in February of 2007, they actually held um, tryouts for the Kansas City Chiefs cheerleaders for the NFL. And just wanting to know what that experience was like, I decided to go and try out. And um, I ended up progressing and making onto the team. So um, then my UDA was out and uh, went and pursued another area of dance, um, cheering in the NFL. So dance was definitely, I probably would have ended up going to school and getting some type of um, arts degree um, mm -hmm. to pursue dance and coaching. Um, but I really think that the path that my life took me on, um, I feel like nursing chose me and I feel um, when people always talk about it being a calling for healthcare careers, I never really understood it because I didn't have that, um, that voice in my ear at a very young age telling me like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be a nurse. You're going to work in healthcare. Um, I definitely didn't think I was smart enough to work in healthcare. I just assumed that they knew everything and that was not me. Um, but I realized that once I, once I was trained to do something, I could feel confident in that and I could actually excel and um, deliver the care that our patients deserve. So um, I did not see nursing as my career, but it is absolutely what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so at, at 19, then you got a job at Advent Health um, working there. Can you talk a little bit about your first experiences working in healthcare? Absolutely. Um, so at 
19, um, I started as a patient care assistant in the radiology department. I actually thought I was going to be like a shuttle bus driver. Um, I had my first daughter on the way and really needed something to pay the bills. And um, it turned out they wanted me to um, transport these patients to radiology procedures that were either in beds or wheelchairs and had IV pumps, and all these things. And I'm like, I don't have any training and you trust me with these patients. Like you trust me to get them to and from. Um, so it's a, that's a lot of responsibility for someone that's like, whoa, I don't have any healthcare experience, right? Um, and so you get to interact with nurses and physicians and um, see different tests and procedures and you're just kind of exposed. Um, you're kind of in that healthcare environment and you're getting to see um, and be more comfortable with things. And um, you're also getting to see things that you feel like could be done better as well. And um, I ended up having, I delivered my first daughter, Sophia, in um, July of 2009. And I saw the mother baby world labor and delivery. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a totally different side of nursing. I feel like I could do this, I would love to do this. Um, and so I literally, a couple months later, went and got a brochure at Kansas City, Kansas Community College for yep. nursing. And I just started taking prerequisites and checking the boxes for all those prerequisites. It took me three years okay. to finish the prerequisites. And that's and while then, you were working full time at Advent Health along the way. Yes, while I was working full time at Advent Health along the way. Um, and so I was able to check the boxes and then I applied to my program actually with a 4.0, which I was not a 4.0 student in high school, but I knew what I was doing and I knew why I was doing it and I was interested in it. And I was accepted into the nursing program at KCK. Um, I think 2012 maybe. It's a two-year program. I worked full-time throughout my nursing program as well. Mm -hmm. And I graduated in December of 2014 with my ADN. Awesome. And that from Kansas to Kansas Community College. Um, <clears throat> so other than proximity um, to where the area where we are, was there a reason why you chose KCK versus uh, some of the other schools in the area? Um, so KCK, it really was about convenience for me, um, having a daughter and needing something that was close to home, but also affordable. Um, I also liked that with the community college setting, it was a non-traditional setting. So classes were offered at different times. So I could take a lot of evening classes. Um, and that was a big deal for me. And financially, there was financial assistance um, that made it very affordable to be able to complete my programs. Um, and so those things, I mean, I got to graduate with my ADN and thanks to financial aid, my program was completely paid off. Now that's not to say nothing was out of pocket, but it was um, much easier for me to pay that out of pocket cost. Um, and I think just like the, the non-traditional class times and class sizes absolutely helped. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so with that, you know, you kind of talked about your parents' uh, educational background. Did they have any uh, help or guidance when you were 
choosing to go to school for nursing or was there any involvement uh, along the way? Um, so I don't really recall any conversations about helper guidance as far as what school to attend. Um, I had the full support of my parents and thankfully was able to live with them while working full time and supporting my daughter. Um, and so I think that was a big deal in having just that emotional support and not the stress of a roof over my head. Um, and so as far as picking out of college, um, I don't, I don't recall any conversations about where to go or the best decisions. Um, it it really sounds like, sounds kind of like what you're saying, you know, they were, they were able to be there and support you along your journey as, as you chose to go into healthcare and go back to school, they were there saying, yeah, that's a good, good decision for you to do. Absolutely. And it really was like, I love the thing I loved about KCK was I literally remember grabbing that brochure booklet for nursing and what they had in their booklet was exactly what it was. Um, there was no bait and switch. It was literally, if you do this, 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 and this, then you can apply to the program. And if you meet um, all of the things, then you, I got offered a spot in the program. And yep. so um, I loved that because I didn't feel like my, I'm still on my bachelor's journey. I completed it in May of um, this, this spring of 2022. And I, um, I didn't have that with my bachelor's program. Uh, the program has changed multiple times throughout my journey. And it wasn't, if you complete this, 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 and this, you get your degree. It was, oh, well now you need this and now you need that. And um, I highly recommend the community college route because um, affordability, and just knowing what you need to do and getting it done. Yeah, so you you were able to get that degree completed around 2012, you said, uh, and then you continued working for Advent Health in their ICU department. Um, <clears throat> what kind of, and, and you've came in and talked about, you know, a couple of years ago, you were able to be a guest speaker for us, and that was when you were first starting your, your program to get your bachelor's. What kind of made that decision to go ahead and advance your education uh, how did that kind of play out? Um, so as a new mom, and then I actually had my second daughter during my prerequisites um, before nursing school. So as a mom of two, I really just wanted to get out there and support my family as a nurse. Um, definitely did not want to live at home the rest of my life with my kids. Um, and so uh, getting out there and working in the field was a big deal. So I, so I really just wanted to get out there and be a nurse and start supporting my family. But um, the push that started to come around the time that I graduated with my ADN was actually that most hospitals are transitioning towards magnet status, obtaining magnet status. And one of those requirements is that greater than 80% of their nurses has to have a bachelor's degree or higher. So what you're seeing in nursing right now is that push for higher degrees. And so while some hospitals will still hire you with an ADN, they'll require that you get a bachelor's degree within five years of completing your program, or at least be working towards that goal and making adequate progress towards it. So um, my hospital basically said, great, we'll hire you, we love you, but we're gonna need this from you. And so I said, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And 
they also do something that's called tuition reimbursement, if I'm not correct. There are hospitals that have tuition reimbursement programs, yes. Um, I did not utilize mine. I utilized it in the beginning when it was on paper and it was great. Um, but once they went to an electronic um, reimbursement program and then they made, they actually made the requirement where instead of committing a year after you graduate, you have to commit three years to the hospital after you graduate. And I just didn't feel like I could make that commitment. Yeah. So um, if it, I, I definitely recommend finding a hospital with tuition reimbursement programs because many of them do offer it now. So kind of as, as you mentioned, one year versus three years, what is the, the general um, tuition reimbursement program kind of look like as a, you know, somebody that may have their, their associates that's wanting to get their bachelor's or bachelor's wanting to get something else? How would somebody go into starting uh, looking at their tuition reimbursement program with their with their company? Right. So I would say get your foot in the door um, working at a hospital while you're still going through your program, because that will make it easier to get hired on after you complete your program. And I would say um, it makes it easier to take advantage of tuition reimbursement at that time, because um, once you graduate, you're going to need a couple years of experience in the field that you're doing before you can really um, progress and advance towards uh, whatever your end goal is. Um, yeah. Like most advanced practice programs or CRNA programs require a minimum of one to two years experience. Um, and sometimes you have to get like med surge experience before you can get critical care experience before you can really get like your CRNA or things like that. And so I think um, when you're when you're in your program or before you're in your program, getting that tuition reimbursement early on is definitely a big deal because it's easier to commit those things like the three years after you graduate because you need that experience. So you're more likely to stay at that time. Right. Absolutely. Um, so your, your current program that you're working on, you're graduating this uh, this spring with your bachelor's in nursing. Um, <clears throat> we talked a little bit about why, what made you want to go back and that kind of stuff. What are you, what are you kind of looking at doing next with that advanced degree? Um, so having a bachelor's, you know, there were other fields that I could have said, okay, well, I don't want to get my bachelor's, so I'm going to go do this area of nursing. But having a bachelor's degree really does open more doors um, for later down the road. Um, nursing, there are so many opportunities, which was really part of the reason why I chose it. Um, if you are one to uh, sometimes get bored easily and need challenges and need new challenges, nursing's great because um, there's, there's hospital nursing, there's physician offices, um, you can work in surgery as a certified registered nurse anesthetist, you can do procedures, you can be an advanced practice nurse. You can work for an insurance company. You can be a travel nurse. You can work as a med spa nurse. Um, there are the opportunities are endless. So when you um, get burned out in one field, you can still benefit from your nursing degree and use that experience to transition over to another role in nursing, which I think is a big deal. Um, and so having my bachelor's degree, I just feel like if I want to do something in management or um, 
different roles, even travel nursing, um, they're starting to have a push towards, um, like in New York right now, they won't take nurses that don't have a bachelor's degree. Um, and so there are, there are doors that will open for you once you complete it. So like you were talking about travel nurse, how does being a travel nurse, um, what require, I guess, what, what certifications do you need to have? Does one state transfer over to another state or how does that work as applying to become a travel nurse? Absolutely. So um, a lot of people get really excited and they feel like I'm going to graduate. And I'm going to go be a travel nurse, um, which is great while you're young and you don't have a family. Um, it's probably a little easier to do that. Um, however, in order to be a travel nurse, they really do. Um, you need experience. Uh, agencies will not take you if you don't have at least one year of experience in the fields that you're traveling in. Um, they do have like home health nursing travel positions, ICU positions, different hospital positions. Um, so there are more than even I'm familiar with. Um, I am going into it with six years of nursing experience. So um, that's, that's a really good solid foundation. Um, if you're going to do critical care, I would recommend having at least two years experience before you go out and travel. Um, when you work as a travel nurse, you are expected to already know your job. You have to um, be able to think critically and um, know the things that you need to care for your patient, know how to take care of your patient. They're not, they're not there to train you. And you, you might ask a question and get a wrong response, and you need to know that that's a wrong response um, because it's happened. And so um, as a travel nurse, I literally show up and I get one day of orientation. Right now, what I'm currently doing is I'm a local agency travel nurse. So I'm working with um, St. Luke's Health System and I'm an ICU float nurse for all of their four metro location hospitals. I've only worked at two of them so far, the Lee Summit location, the Plaza location, but my orientation was um, at the Lee Summit location. I got one day to find out um, what charting system I use and what the requirements are for um, all of their policies and procedures. And then um, I've actually worked on the plaza and the med surge trauma ICU. I've worked in the cardiovascular ICU, the cardiac ICU, the neurosurgery ICU. Um, and I didn't get any orientation to those units. So you literally just thrown in and you need to know what you're doing. Yeah, that's that can be pretty, uh you know, daunting of thinking about just, you know, making sure that that you do know, like you said, you do have to know what you're doing. Um, right. And even maybe a bigger deal would be, you'd have to know what you can't do as well. And so sometimes as a newer nurse, you don't really know those boundaries or your scope as well. And so when you're mm -hmm. put in situations that could jeopardize your license, um, you need to know, like, that's not within my scope. I can't do that. Um, you did ask about licensure, and I think I skipped that question for you. So um, you need to have your RN license. Um, as far as traveling goes, um, there is what's called the compact license. And so I did apply. I already had a Kansas registered nursing license. Kansas uh, recently became a compact state in the last couple of years. And so I applied for a compact license. 
Um, and I can travel to any of the compact states. I can't tell you exactly how many there are, but a good majority are actually compact states. I want to say over like 24. Okay. Um, and then if you want to travel to any state that's not a compact state, you would need to get licensed in that state in order to practice. Um, for certifications as an ICU nurse traveling, what I've seen the requirements are is BLS, ACLS, and NIHSS, which is your stroke certification, your advanced cardiac life support, and your basic life support. Um, and then if you're working at a trauma hospital, they, re uh, they require um, TNCC, which is trauma nurse certification. And if you're working in the ER, they typically uh, require PALS, which is pediatric advanced life support. Yeah, that's pretty cool to, to know all those different <clears throat> things that you have to have certified on and be, be proficient in. Um, what's something that you just find personally rewarding about being a nurse? For me, it's the opportunity um, to find my purpose every day and every shift. Um, I... My dad had a massive heart attack when I was in eighth grade. And if it weren't for all of those healthcare providers from the first responders and the healthcare team in the hospital, my dad would not be with us today. So I think about if just one of those people had not been in that chain um, that saved his life, that he might not be with us. And so I really do think that every every shift, every shift that I go in for, I'm supposed to be there that day and I'm supposed to be there for that specific patient assignment. Um, so I always find my purpose every time that I go in. And sometimes it is to save a life. Um, sometimes it's because I had the knowledge that maybe another nurse would have had. Um, sometimes it's about the way that I advocated for my patient. Um, Sometimes it's something as small as just the comfort that you can bring to that patient or that family. Um, we get really busy and we get really busy with all of the tasks. And um, sometimes it can feel like your loved one isn't seen in the ICU. And so just taking that moment to really acknowledge them as a person, even as little things as the way that you fold a blanket over them to just show that you care and you see them. Um, that's a big deal to families. And so bringing that comfort and bringing that purpose to what you do and reminding people that they matter um, is a very big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like that, that, you know, that care aspect of seeing that person in the hospital like that. Um, what's something that you think might be a misconception about being a nurse that people may think one thing, but it's actually the other way around? Yeah, uh, that's a really easy one. So I think a lot of people still think that nurses um, are there to just follow doctor's orders and uh, fluff pillows and get you your refreshments. And um, it's very hotel-like, which it can be in the hospital. Um, we do do a lot of pillow fluffing and, um, you know, get your sandwich, things like that. But um, as a nurse, I have to be able to assess my patients and know what they need. And so a lot of the times when the doctors uh, make their rounds because they have so many patients on their workload, um, whereas my priority is my two patients in the ICU, sometimes one, sometimes patients are so sick that it's one nurse to that one patient. 
Um, but I have to know what their needs are and I have to ask my physician for them. And in the ICU specifically, there's a lot more autonomy than there is on say a med surge floor. Um, because if I sometimes wait to ask my doctor for something, my patient's gonna die. And so right. sometimes I need to act now and then communicate and say, hey, my patient's blood pressure was dropping. I went ahead and started Levafed. Are you okay with this? Or do you want me to put them on something else? And so um, even getting to know your physicians and knowing what they're comfortable with um, for treating your patients, I still have to practice within my scope. I can't diagnose and treat. Um, but at the same time as an ICU nurse, I kind of have to, um, or else my patient might not make it. Yeah, like, like kind of like you talked about earlier, knowing your scope and knowing what you're licensed and able to do is, is really important in that in that field. Um, along your along your career path, you know, you've been a nurse now for uh, or working in healthcare for thirteen years. Thirteen years, yeah. I was trying to do the math. I was like 10, 12. So yeah, thirteen years. Um, what's something that you're like just really proud of accomplishing professionally? Um, so in 2018, I was a March of Dimes Critical Care Nurse of the Year finalist, um, and that was in my second, I think that was in my second year of ICU nursing. Um, it was actually just after completing my first year, I want to say. Um, and so that was out of five finalists. So that was a really big deal to me. I was very excited about that. And then um, I think in 2020, uh, just before the pandemic in February, um, I was a guest speaker at Magnetizing KC. Um, I ended up speaking on a quality improvement project that I did with the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, the AHRQ, um, for preventing cotties in the ICU. Um, cotties are catheter-associated urinary tract infections, and they're totally preventable. And... Um, can lead to sepsis and death. And so sepsis is a very relevant um, subject in the critical care population. And um, that was that was also something that I was really proud to accomplish. Yeah, those are both really cool achievements to be able to do so early on in your career and be able to help share that knowledge about uh, preventing sepsis. Um, I, I think I kind of know the answer to this one, and but we're going to go talk through it. Um, something you regret not doing professionally. Something I regret not doing. Um, let me think about this. I actually have notes as well. It could be, it could be school related or, uh, you know, choosing, choosing a school, uh, looking at different programs that are available. Right. So um, probably what I regret not doing is um, for my bachelor's degree, I probably would have looked um, more at making sure that my RN to BSN bridge program was completely online. Um, but there are a lot of factors that you have to consider, like making sure that all of your credits from your associate's degree transfer over. Um, finding out what's important to you. And part of that is making sure that all of my programs online, um, because from a convenience standpoint, and now looking at like, I was actually supposed to be in Orlando on assignment, but it had gotten canceled. So 
there's no way I could have attended on-ground classes this spring if I were in Orlando. So um, making sure that your program meets everything that you need it to meet and also looking into the financial aspect of it. So um, my current, where I'm completing my bachelor's degree is actually a private college as well. And so um, the tuition's a little pricier than even probably other colleges or universities. Um, and so uh, financial aspect is definitely a big deal. Yeah. Um, we're going to kind of combine these next two talking about professional development. Some of the things that, you know, you are currently doing professional development by going back to school and getting your, your license. Um, but what are some of the industry trends that you're seeing currently with professional development? Um, with professional development, I would definitely say higher degrees. Um, so you're going to, you're going to end up getting at least at minimum a bachelor's degree and there's going to be a push. I mean, you get your bachelor's, they're going to want a master's. So um, just consider yourself a lifelong learner. Um, for once you get your RN license, you have to do um, annual or biannual um, continuing education units called CEUs in order to maintain your license. And so uh, when I reapply for my license every other year, I also have to submit um, that I did the appropriate amount of hours with CEUs. Um, this year, I also completed my CCRN certification, which is critical care registered nurse certification. So I did take a um, certification exam for that. And there are specialized CEUs just that have to be in critical care um, specifically as well. So maintaining those. Um, continuing my ACLS and my BSN or yeah. my BLS, sorry. Um, yeah. So those things, they have to be maintained as well. And my NIH stroke certification is annually. So um, there are a lot of licenses to keep up with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so with the, that career development and professional development, where do you kind of see yourself, you know, you're going to graduate this spring uh, where do you kind of see yourself, you know, five to 10 years down the road as far as your career goals? Um, so travel nursing was on my list. Once I did become a nurse, I was like, wow, that would be really great to be able to travel and uh, maybe even take my family with me. Um, mm -hmm. So to kind of give you an idea of the difference, um, you have to have to put in the work. Um, but I was probably bringing home close to $3,000 a month. Uh, as a bedside nurse and full time. And with travel nursing, I'm actually bringing home $3,000 a week. Um, so now I'm closer to $12,000 a month. And so that's, my family is not surviving anymore. They're thriving. Um, so I'm paying off debt and um, my family's actually benefiting from my license and the work that I've put in to get here. Um, so I think I'm going to travel for a couple years, pay off some debt, let my kids see some places um, that I didn't get the opportunity to see growing up. And then um, I know that my back and my body are not going to support bedside nursing forever because I do lift bodies for a living. Um, and so eventually I think it would be really cool to work in a med spa. Um, and so I'm definitely interested in like skin and um, all the things. So uh, med spa nursing at some point uh, would probably be a nice retirement gig. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a, you know, that's a good way to put it. You know, you can't lift bodies the, for your whole life. You have to be able to adapt and change 
uh, that type of, of nursing into something that you can do later on. And I think that's a cool way to look at it, you know, by doing travel nursing for a couple of years and seeing the things and getting, obviously the money is, is definitely worth it. Um, if you're able to travel like that, that's pretty cool. Um, we're going to kind of jump into some advice type questions now. Um, so looking at, looking back at your, uh, high school, late high school, you know, a couple of years after high school or early while you were getting your classes, uh, at KCK, what's something that would help you that you wish you would have known then that would help you with your career path now? Um, I think just, just knowing what opportunities are out there for your field that you're looking to go into because um, in nursing burnout is very real and any, I think in any career burnout is very real. So knowing that you're going to have an option uh, when you get burned out with what you're doing, that you can change it up, but still benefit from the degree that you get. Um, so I would say uh, look into what your options are up front and know that um, you have options for down the road as well. Um, just like we talked about, your back isn't going to support it forever. So um, knowing what you can do later. Um, I would definitely say I, I think going the community college route was right for me. Um, from a financial aspect, that was about a $10,000 degree. And um, my bachelor's already is around 30,000 and that's for a bridge program. That's not even like a full bachelor's program. Um, mm -hmm. So definitely look into the financial aspect. Um, if you can benefit from scholarships, por put your portfolio together now and start applying for those scholarships, um, take advantage of them, get in with your employer now and start taking advantage of your tuition reimbursement program. I did um, use that while I was, um, before I had applied for nursing school. So that right. was beneficial to me um, at that time. Um, those are, you know, and then just getting a good contact with um, who to talk to about your questions for your school. Uh, with my bachelor's program, it's been really hard for me to figure out who to even talk to or contact about my questions. Um, and so uh, with my associates program, it was really easy with the counselors that were there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this is going to be some advice questions moving through, uh, you know, graduating high school or in high school to, you know, working as a, a three to six month employee. So as a high school, you know, junior or senior, what's, uh, you know, one advice thing that you could look at for them to want to do to, if they think that they're interested in getting into nursing, what's something that they could be doing now to help them decide if that was the right career path? Um, so you can always set up a shadow experience. Uh, every hospital has a um, like an education department where they have someone that's in charge of setting up those shadow experience. I know it's been a little more difficult with the pandemic, um, but you are starting to see those things happen again. And so um, I would say just see if you can figure out what it is that you're interested in and start shadowing to make sure that that really is something that you're interested in, that you actually understand the, the job. Um, I don't even know that I fully understood the job and it just happened to work out. Yeah. Um, but I also knew that I was committed and I was not looking back. So 
Um, so then in college, an undergraduate or a grad student, you know, what something advice wise as a student, uh, undergraduate student getting that RN certification, either in bachelor or associates uh, and an advice for them. So when you're going through your program as an undergrad, um, I would just say that take it when you're doing your clinical experiences and even your instructors, they've worked in the field if they're not currently working in the field while teaching. And so they really do know people. So use your resources, look at everything that you're doing as a job interview, um, clean up your social media and um, because employers definitely look at that. Um, and so when you're out in your clinical experiences, make connections with people, because even if they aren't doing what it is that you want to do, they might know somebody that um, they can help you get connected with. I will say that while healthcare is a very big system, it's also a very little um, community and a lot of people know people. And in order to really get a job somewhere, I do feel like you have to have um, an in for where it is that you wanna work. Um, and so just finding that one person to be a reference can be the difference between a job or um, a different job. Right. Or no job. And that kind of goes into that next question of a recent graduate, you know, somebody that's getting ready to graduate in the spring from their bachelor program or their associates uh, looking for a job, you know, they're two months away from graduating or they've just graduated um, what's kind of some placement type questions that would be good or uh, advice for looking for that first job right out of school? I would say don't limit yourself on that first job right out of school. Um, if you if you know what you want to do, that's great. Um, if you feel like I think you know your limits better than anybody else. So um, people will give you their opinions and they'll say, hey, start out in med surge first, get a year experience. Um, but if you're like, no, I really want to do critical care and then I want to do anesthesia school, um, you know, go, go ahead and apply for the position that you want. If it's available, great, take it. Um, you'll get in there and if it's not working out, you'll realize it really quickly. Um, and at least once your foot's in the door, you have managers that can work with you to maybe say, you know, I don't feel like this is the right area for you at this time. Um, why don't we put you in this unit instead and then see if it's still what you want to do a year from now and we can bring you back. And that is something that um, can happen. So I would say just find the job that you want and apply for it. Um, also, just like I said, with making those connections now, I think if you're too two months from graduating, you should have already applied for the job that you want and they should already be saying, great, we've already interviewed you and we want you just past your NCLEX and get your license and we can start. Um, so it's definitely not too early and it's not quite too late yet either. Um, so, and then I would also say, don't put off your NCLEX. I would say, do it, do it quickly after you graduate within the first month of graduation, two weeks, even better. Um, just so that you get a little moment to breathe and then really study, um, take your NCLEX, because I think the further out it gets, the more anxiety you get about it, um, the less likely you are to pass because the information isn't fresh. Take a review course before you take it, if you can. Um, things that will just make you more comfortable and feel less anxious about the exam and get used to sitting there and taking that exam for two or three hours. Um, right. Because if it only takes you 
I think mine took me 45 minutes. Um, if it only takes you 45 minutes, great. Um, but some people aren't as lucky and it takes a lot longer. So um, make sure that it's actually about your knowledge and not about um, sitting and having to take a test and focus your attention for three hours. Right. Um, so with that question, you know, you said that two months of, before graduating might be too late to start looking for jobs or they should already have that interview process started. When should a recent or close somebody that's close to graduating start looking and applying for a job? Um, so my third semester, um, I was applying for the job that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I would say that way, then you kind of have fourth semester to know that you've got your job lined up and it's what you want to do. Um, there, I will also say, so, um, a lot of hospitals, I would recommend starting out in a hospital setting, at least to just kind of get that, that experience, yeah. um, before you bridge out to whatever area it is that you want. Um, but a lot of hospitals will actually have, um, if you just go online to like their careers page, you can find the positions, but there's typically a position posted for new grad students. Um, and so that's typically you'll apply to that and they'll help you find the job that you're actually looking for and for what you have to meet their needs as well. So sometimes you have to take what you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but somebody that's been working in their job for three to six months, you know, their feet are kind of wet, they're, they've learned the ropes, they know the policies and procedures. What advice for that type of person would you have to, uh, you know, what things should they be working on to develop them as, as a professional? I would say in healthcare and nursing in general, you don't know what you don't know until you realize that you didn't know that. And I would say three to six months is still very green. Even at two years, I felt green. Um, and yeah. so you, there's just so much to know and no one can know everything, um, but you really have to be comfortable in what it is that you're doing. And I think sometimes people think that they know more than they know and um, it can be a little scary. And so, uh, I would say be humble and acknowledge that there's a lot that you still have to learn, um, but also be confident in what it is that you do know. Um, just because you're a new grad or you're three to six months out um, doesn't mean that there aren't things that those with five or 10 years or 20 years experience can't learn from you as well. Um, yeah. And so I would say three to six months in, get involved in uh, steering committees on your hospital. Um, I co-chaired our glycemic steering committee for a couple of years at the hospital and our RN glycemic champion subcommittee. Um, get involved with something that's important to you. Um, I would, I still go home after every shift and I look up something where I feel like I could have been stronger so that I can come back and advocate harder the next time for the next patient with that disease process. So um, commit yourself to your patients and your learning. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so if you, well, this is kind of a, a different kind of type of question, but besides from maybe your, um, you know, your schedule or your, your charting stuff, What's a product as a ICU nurse that you use uh, on a daily basis that uh, a nursing student should be really familiar with using? 
Um, so technology is really involved in healthcare. So there is a lot of um, computer work and um, a product I use every day is my stethoscope. Um, but really um, working in healthcare, even as a nurse, it's not even necessarily about the product. Um, I would say that my eyes, my ears, and my hands are the biggest tool that I have. Um, those are my assessment tools. I can literally go to the grocery store and tell you somebody that um, has COPD from years of smoking or congestive heart failure, like I can look at a person and be able to tell you things about them um, and their health status. So your eyes, your ears, and your hands don't don't underestimate them. Um, in the ICU, it's really easy for people to um, look at the monitor and forget to look at the patient because they're so focused on the numbers. So um, I definitely use a stethoscope every day, but I also get a really good baseline on my patients for neurostatus. I always use my flashlight to check their pupils, um, having them smile or grip strength, things like that. Um, the basics are really a big deal and I would, I would not skip the basics. Right, absolutely. I, I really like that answer about the eyes, ears and hands about being able to assess someone like that. Um, this is last, or I got three more, I guess, but this next one is kind of a two part. Uh, if you dislike blank and if you like blank, then being a nurse in the ICU is the right career path for you. So with our athletic trainer, she said, uh, if you dislike feet because of taping feet in a lot of sports, that would be something that if, if you dislike that. So if you dislike blank, then being an ICU nurse is not the career path for you. So I actually made this really easy. I went with, if you dislike people, then being a nurse is not for you because I deal with people on a daily basis. I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of people, but I, um, uh, mental health is everywhere. It's not just in psych. And you are gonna deal with a lot of uh, high stress family dynamics and critical care nursing and nursing in general, but critical care when People are really, really sick and it's not looking good. Um, you deal with a lot of people. So even if it's not your patient, you might have to deal with the dynamics of one family member, two family members, 20 family members. Um, right. There's a lot going on. So if you don't like people and if you don't, if you don't have a caring heart, you don't have any business in nursing. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, if you do like blank, then this is the right career path for you. Yeah. So if you like using your knowledge to make a difference, then being a nurse is the right career path for you. Um, the things, the things that I know are my biggest tool. Uh, I'm able to advocate for my patient because of my confidence in what I do know. Um, and so you'll actually, we are a team atmosphere. We rely on each other to help us make decisions about patients. And um, as a nurse, I've went to doctors and I've advocated and they've been like, good job advocating. Like, you're right, I did. I got caught up in the daily grind of things. And this patient is a special circumstance and we should advocate for this. And so um, you're the difference. Right. So kind of piggyback off that knowledge question, you know, being able to um, not necessarily a, a, a nursing book specifically, but a book that's kind of helped you professionally. Do you have anything that 
you might recommend for a high school or college student that might be interested in nursing that a book they might check out to read? I'm not really a book person unless it's about healthcare. And okay. so like, Absolutely. I've, I've been in school for like 13 years now, so I'm still in my textbooks. Um, but I, I do like um, web pages. So there are like ICU FAQ web page. Um, there's uh, straightanursingstudent.com. Um, there are all these resources out there that weren't there when I was going through nursing school. And I just love learning about disease processes. And I feel like you don't have to be a nurse to learn about disease processes. So if you think it's something that you're interested in, once you start reading all those big words and you start reading about those processes and you learn something that makes it simple, you'll realize like if this is really something you're interested in or if this is something that you're like absolutely not interested in. Yeah. Is there any one uh, book from school that really stands out as something that you've really enjoyed? Well, there is, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be for like a high school student because um, it was actually my certification review book. I just love learning about assessments and the things that I need to know to care for my patients. And so nursing really is about that. I'm sorry, I don't have a better book recommendation. No, I like that, but just the certification review book, just knowing what they, you know, what somebody needs to know to be able to continue their certifications. Um, and the last one I have is, do you have any mantra or quote that you kind of live your life by either as a nurse or uh, personally? I have a couple. Um, so my most recent one is that a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. So um, I definitely encourage everyone to get out of their comfort zone. Um, I was in mine, and this has been a big growing year. Um, mm -hmm. And then all I need is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. So <laughs> I definitely pray for the knowledge to care for my patients every day before my shift. Um, uh, when you work in healthcare, I've probably seen three real legit miracles. They're not very common, but they, there are things that I, I can't explain why they happened. They shouldn't have happened. So that's, that's pretty cool to be able to see that and have that as a part of your life. Thank you so much for your time today. You know, we spent a, a little over an hour talking about nursing and what it, what it is that you do and our students are really going to appreciate this. Thank you so much for spending your time with us and, and coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.